Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger. And today I have the special privilege of doing an IFBB professional bikini interview with Regina Harrison. I'm so excited you're here today. Regina, um, can you tell us a little bit about your education and where you live and some of your, you know, um, some things about you? Yes. Um, thank you so much for having me and reaching out and inviting me on this podcast. Um, so my name is Regina Harrison. I am born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, actually the south side of Kansas City. So um, like the Raymore, Lee Summit area. Um, I got my bachelor's degree from um, Missouri State, Missouri West, Missouri Western <laughs> State University in St. Joe, um, St. Joe, Missouri. So I've been up north a little bit. I currently work in the city, so I'm very well known. I know Kansas City well. Um, and then I got my master's degree at Emporia. I currently have a degree in accounting and management and then a master's in business administration. Awesome. And what got you interested in the sport of bodybuilding and what kind of sparked your, your interest in competing? So I've always been um, super into refining your body and challenging yourself and pushing barriers. That has always been uh, my thing. I used to, it's kind of silly, I used to do like 200 sit-ups every single day um, throughout high school and college, and I would just, if I missed a single day, I would add those same 200 um, sit-ups to the next day, so I would have like 400 sit-ups if I missed a day, so it was a me, it was a way for me to make sure that I never made an excuse to miss sit-ups for that day, um, so I just have always personally loved those challenges, like the person setting a goal for yourself and the discipline it takes to accomplish those goals and stay committed. Um, and then, so the next thing was, I've heard a lot of people running a long distance, you know, half marathons and marathons. Well, 26 miles was never a huge interest to me. I thought I could definitely tackle the 13 and a half marathon. So. I went ahead and I signed up for my first marathon, never having run over three miles in my entire life before. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So it was six months prior to the half marathon as I committed and started training. You know, I signed up. I had to train. So I started training immediately. I had a few friends that would tag along through my different um, what I did for training. So it was, a lot of the training started through winter. So I wasn't able to run outside. So I would do uh, boxing classes, and then I would go to the gym, and then I would go run a few miles on the treadmill after the boxing class just to make sure my conditioning was there for that half marathon. Um, and so I tackled the first half marathon. Those same friends that had watched me train for that first half marathon wanted to come on and uh, do a marathon too and train with me. And so I ended up doing another half marathon, and it was much more boring than the first half marathon because after I ran 13 miles I was kind of over it I <laughs> I knew I could I knew I could run 13 miles it wasn't a huge deal um, and then so I graduated college I was at a nine-to-five desk job it was miserable I loved being in the gym the best I would like listen to training videos while I'm sitting at my desk all day just dream about what I'm going to do at the gym that evening um, and I had somebody, I knew a friend of mine who had competed and I reached out to her and I asked her if it was something that she would suggest, if she enjoyed and if it was a, something she would suggest for somebody else. And she was like, yes, you'll love it. Here's my trainer's information. So I called him up and then started that weekend. I went and did a consultation and then started training from there. That's awesome. So had you, um, prior to that, ever um were you always a healthy eater um did you always focus on nutrition or um when did when did you start kind of taking a look at um the nutrition side of things so I always have loved the training aspect the nutrition 
has never was never really there in the past like throughout high school and college I have always I guess I I was eating intuitively that's kind of a big phenomenon right now um and that's what I had been doing throughout high school and college um once I started working with a trainer he was like you are under eating protein um why aren't you eating more protein and it's just something that it was like hard to fit into the diet um, when I was through, like in high school and college, mm-hmm. and so once I started with a trainer, he definitely. Uh, I seems expensive really... <laughs> on a yeah. college budget. That's yeah. for sure. So, yeah, that's. I think that was like my splurge when I first got first got the nine to five job was um, hiring a trainer, and I cannot say enough. You know, when somebody reaches out and they're like, "How do you do this?" and I'm like, "Get a trainer." Like it's it's an investment like you would spend hundreds of dollars on a purse or shoes or these material things that are going to you know decay over time and you know lose value over time you you should invest that money in your overall health like that's something that's always going to pay you back right um, and you only have one body <laughs> exactly that's what I always tell everybody. I'm like, get a trainer. That's what you need. Um, so once I started with my trainer, that's he is, you know, an old school bodybuilder. Um, and he, that's when he kind of directed me into that bodybuilding lifestyle of chicken and a white. Yeah. So tell us about what he educated you on and um, what year that was that you started that, that part of your implementing the weight training into your life. Yeah, so I graduated um, my undergrad in 2014 in May, and I started at my 9-to-5 in, like, June. And I started, you know, I got really bored the 9-to-5, um, and then I kind of inquired with him in October of 2014. So that's when I really started um, with him. And immediately, I was pretty small at the time. He was, You know, he told me that I'd have to gain some weight and – you know, lift heavy and be disciplined. And for me, I mean, I, I thrive on the discipline and hard work. Like that is really where I love um, bodybuilding just because it takes so much discipline and hard work. Um, so I started in 2014 with him and he really just taught me how to lift. I think that's the biggest thing um, that I see is teaching you how to lift properly. I think in this age where you know we're in an environment that's full with coaches they tell you how much you know how many reps or sets and they tell you what to do but if you know if you don't have an athletic background you don't know how to perform a squat properly you don't know how to do a shoulder press properly and that is really what um, I um, credit him for is teaching me how to lift properly because lord knows I definitely uh, made a fool of myself um with him a few times when he would you know tell me to get underneath a bar or you know overhead press some weight and I used horrible form he was there to protect you know critique every single rep and that's what I loved about hiring that in-person trainer I 100% couldn't agree more and I have a similar story where I did a half marathon and then I just I needed to be educated on how to lift weights. And so I did yeah. the same thing. And, um, you know, as an online trainer, I can write up your programming, but I am not there with you to check your form and proper technique. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of my competitors that actually have an in-person trainer that follows the programming and watches their form and makes sure that, you know, they're, they're using that proper technique. So a, they don't hurt themselves. Um, but also they're optimizing their, their, um, performance as well. So very good point. Um, as far as your first show then, um, so you started in October of 2014 is what I'm hearing you say. And then when did you do your first competition? So my first show wasn't until April, 2015. And I started out with the NANBS. Okay. Uh, And so it was, I gained 10 pounds, um, training and I was like a crazy first time trainer looking like an athlete. Looking back um, on it, I kind of am like, who did I think I was back then? Like 
it was Christmas and I like bought a different, I bought a gym membership for a 24 hour facility. So that way I can train on Christmas because my gym was closed and you're talking like first show it's December and my show was until April. Um, and then the same thing was, you know, every holiday, like I didn't take days off. Like I was just go, go, go. And it's, and it's not because I, you know, he told me to, but I just had so much heart in it and just wanted to do so well for the first show. So I ended up gaining 10 pounds, I, but that was very controlled. I gained a lot of lean mass. I think I have an Instagram post that shows me at 130 pounds, and um, that's when I started training in 2014. I was 130 pounds, and I had gained 10 pounds and then lost it before my show in April of 2015, and the transformation, I just looked like a different person entirely, just because I had put on so much lean mass during that time. You'll have to share that with us. I I would love to see that. Um, So, as far as, what's your height then? I'm 5'7", and well, I'm 5'7 and a half, um, but depending on who measures me, I'm like 5'7 and a fourth. Okay, so you're in H class? G is what I did for nationals. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, usually yeah. it's a little, because you're my same height, and usually it's anything over 5'7", but. Um. Yes, they <laughs> usually measure me. It's so, like, I think I went in my first regional show this in 2018, and they measured me like 5'6", and I was like, there's oh. no way. <laughs> so the measurement's all over the place. You're like, I shrunk. Um, exactly. <laughs> so. Inch. So when you did, um, what are the differences? Is that the only um, drug-tested event that you've done, or did you do any other NANBF competitions? I did two. I did two NANBF shows before I went to NPC. So I stepped on stage in April 2015, um, and it was kind of a weird um, show. I didn't know, like, I didn't have a community in bodybuilding. I was just this little athlete. Um, I was working with an in-person trainer, and I wanted to do my first show. And he had experience with an ANBF, but he didn't have, like, a group of athletes. I was his only athlete doing this show. So I didn't know a lot of people at all. I didn't know anybody in the bodybuilding community at all. So I showed up to my first show, and on the way there, he asked me what classes I signed up for, and novice or open, and, and open. And I told him I had only signed up for novice. And he was like, what are you thinking? Why didn't you sign up for open? And I, you know, just being a newbie competitor, I didn't know the difference between novice and open. And reading online, it said novice was for beginners. So that's what I signed up for. Yeah, yeah. So so I went to the show and I took overall novice. I took first in my class and then overall novice. And when I was backstage, um, I had a trainer kind of come to me and hand me a flyer for a show that was two weeks later and was like, you need to do open. You will get your pro card. Here's a show. There's a show in two weeks. Be there. The pro card's yours. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I wanted to do it, um, but I'm such an all or nothing person. At the time, I was also doing my master's degree. And it was like April 2015. I had finals coming up. Um, I had put off tr- studying at all for my finals because I was so gung-ho on this show and I put 110% to the show. I was behind on studying for all my finals. I was like, I can't do another show in two weeks. I have to study. I have finals. Um, so I ended up not doing the show, um, doing fi- doing my finals um, for you know my first year of my master's. And then I was like, I'll do, I'll compete in April at the KC Classic, um, and so I did another NANBF show. This time, I dug a little deeper, worked a little bit harder. You know, I was coming off that overall novice win, so I, I did a lot more. I came in super lean, uh, way too lean, and I ended up placing fifth, and it was a tough pill to swallow, um, but by far the most that I've learned from placing um, because when I walked off the stage and I got judges feedback, it was all compliments. And I was like, how did I place this? And every single judge is, you know, most conditioned, most fit, you know, just every, like there was nothing that they could say, you know, 
better shoulders, better glutes. It was all like most fit, most conditioned. And, and overwhelmingly they told me to go figure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how, and it's, it's so disheartening when you hear that kind of feedback. Um, I mean, I just had a competitor that competed last weekend and they said her glutes were too striated (laughs) and it's like, that's, that's tough to hear. Um, and it also depends on the division and, or I guess the sanction that you're, that you're competing in, because I know NAMBF has a different look than MPC. And then even Mm -hmm. in the MPC, if you take a regional competitor and you put that same person on a national stage, then their conditioning could be totally on point at a national Absolutely. level. <laughs> Absolutely. So, it's crazy. Yeah. So um, how did you how did you move forward then? What was the next thing? So I was I was devastated after that. I thought for sure I was going to get my pro card. Um, you know, somebody like it was like backstage a trainer just pulled me aside I was like here's a flyer for a show in two weeks sign up the pro card's yours and I was like I can't I've heard that before (laughs) I was like I can't I have to focus on finals and so I did the second NANBF show and I got fifth and I was devastated and you just never know who's gonna show up and I think the biggest lesson I learned there is um, not to expect anything you literally, you don't know who's going to show up. You don't know who's going to judge the show. It's you work your tail off and you hope, you know, you hope you place well. Um, so right after that show, devastated. I was like, I'm not going down like this. I, you know, I need something bigger, better. Um, so I looked at the NPC, but it was so intimidating. And knowing it wasn't drug tested or regulated in that regard, it was kind of, it was very intimidating to, you know, step on a stage. Um, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. So I actually gained eight pounds and then stepped on the NPC stage and then took overall novice again. Wow. Um, so what yeah. competition so, was that? Um, that was all stars 2015. Okay. And so you then were you 138 at that point? If I'm hearing so, the math correctly or no? No. Okay. Because so after the the first show, the two April two thousand fifteen is when I stepped on stage. I was one hundred and thirty pounds. One hundred and thirty pounds. Um, so, you know, backstage, all the girls, you know, everybody's commenting on. You know, if I had participated in the open, I would have, you know, taken that pro card. And I at the time I had no idea. I had no idea what open was or a pro card was. You know, as soon as I got off stage and took first in my class, I, I walked backstage and I say, okay, time to do a drug test. And they're like, oh, no, you need to get back on stage. And I was like, well, wait, what? Like, I didn't I didn't understand that there was, like, an overall t- – I didn't realize that there was an overall placing, too. I just thought I won first in my class. The competition's done. Um, so I, you know, immediately walked backstage. Um, but once, you know, I was given – everybody was kind of, you know, commenting on how – uh, well, my physique looks um, that I should continue to compete. I took the second show, my second NANBF show, and I, you know, dug a little bit deeper and I was a little bit, a lot leaner. I came into that second show at 126. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, then I gained eight pounds from that second show at 126 and um, got on the, my first NPC stage. And okay, so you competed at All Stars in so trying to get timeline here, two thousand was that two thousand fall of two thousand fifteen? You said yep. And yep. you weighed what at that point? It was one thirty four. One thirty four. Okay. Okay, and so you got the overall, and that was your first yep. NPC show. Yep, and then That's so incredible. I I was blown away because NP it was like. I think coming from NANBF and you just look at NPC, it's like everybody's on drugs. And that has by far not been my experience at all. I've never encountered anybody that has done drugs. In my opinion, maybe a little bit biased because those because I'm a natural athlete, those conversations really do not come up. So that might be a little biased um, from my um, perspective. But typically, I 
especially in my division in bikini, I haven't seen a lot of, you know, people utilizing any drugs. Um, but yeah, I was very intimidated sitting on the NPC stage and, you know, having sipped on the NANBS stage and placing as well as I did my first NPC show, I was beside myself. I could not believe, I thought I was going to go there and get crushed. <laughs> Well, yeah, that was a definitely, um, you did very well. Um, that's not an easy show, and winning overall is fantastic. Um, so what's the what's the next kind of, because if that was, was in 2015, um, mm-hmm. then did you go on soon after that and do another NPC show, or? Um, so I took 2000, so back then you were qualified for two years. You were nationally qualified for two years after you've you placed first, or I think at the time it was like placed top five, mm-hmm. and you're nationally qualified for two years. Um, so 2006, 2015, I also got engaged, and so my plan was to go pro and then get married. I actually, for my second A and B F competition, I wore white symbolically because I was getting married um, that summer. Oh my gosh! So yeah, and then once I sit on the NPC stage. Um, and nationally qualified, my focus was, you know, now it's time to wedding plan and finish uh, my degree. So I, you know, planned a wedding, got married 2016, um, graduated with my master's December 2016, um, and then it was focusing on nationals. So the next time I would sip on stage was June 2017. Okay. And which national competition did you choose? That was junior junior national. Okay. And did yep. your trainer kind of have the conversation with you um, this time around and say, you know, you're nationally qualified. This is what this means. Um, you can compete at a national competition. These are your options. Because it, it sounds like maybe that first one you weren't quite told, like, kind of the the path <laughs> that you could have taken um, to win your pro card, which probably was meant to be um, because now you're an IFBB professional. Yeah. Um, so I feel like everything happens for a reason, but um, who then Absolutely. kind of helped you um, with that path and choosing junior Nats in Chicago and all of that? How did that all go down? So I always wanted to go to Chicago and so I was like, there's a national show in Chicago. What better, you know, better reason to make my family go to Chicago or, you know, present the opportunity for them to go to Chicago, you know, because they would have never had, they would have never ventured off to um, Chicago if I had never gone. And that's a place I had always wanted to be. So um, I picked Chicago as my first show because I had never been to Chicago and wanted to go to the city. So um, that's why I picked Junior Nationals. Um, and then once I got there, um, it was definitely, I, I definitely, I had a lot of things going on in my personal life that uh, was a hard mental block to get through to go to the Junior Nationals. Um, so right before Junior Nationals, uh, my husband got a call. He's a coach. He's a football coach. And he got a call maybe two weeks, three weeks before nationals, um, and they wanted him to coach in Mississippi. And it just so happened to be the move date was the week before junior nationals. So, yeah, so that weekend before junior nationals, we drove him, we packed up a U-Haul and drove him all the way down to Mississippi, from Kansas City to Mississippi, about nine hours, um, and moved him in, and then I drove flew back to Kansas City, and then moved the rest of our stuff out. You know, here it is, kink week. Um, Moving him, you know, moving your husband to a different state, you know, nine hours away, and then flying back, moving the rest of your belongings out of um, your place, and then flying off to Chicago. So, I mean, there was a lot of um, moving parts going into Chicago, but just picking the show, I had only – I picked it just because I wanted to do, I wanted to go to Chicago and it was a national show in Chicago. So that's why I picked it. And my coach at the time, you know, I was his only, uh, he, by the time I took on junior nationals, he did pick up one other athlete. So by the time I got 
um, to the junior national stage, he had an additional athlete who had also nationally qualified and decided to do Chicago or junior nats as well. So, um, yeah, it was me, her, and I mean, my family was there, and then my trainer came out as well. So, okay. And I know, because I know where you got your pro card, I know that your other um, competition was Miami. And so can you tell us what, first of all, how did you do at Junior Nationals? And then kind of what's the feel of that national show? So if someone were to pick that as their national competition, um, can you kind of give us how that show is run and how that went? Okay, so... Once I went to junior nats, I was definitely out of my league. <laughs> I didn't realize the magnitude of a national show at all. Um, you know, I took an overall novice for NANBF. I took an overall novice for NPC. I had placed first in every show except the one NANBF show. Um, so once I... It was like again the expectation. I showed up, you know, expecting to do well, and and then I had a lot of things going on in my personal life that, at the time, nas the national stage was literally, like just another thing on this to do list. It was you know move your husband to, you know nine hours away to Mississippi, um, and the next thing on the to do list was fly out to you know move the remaining of your belongings out. And the next thing would be fly to Chicago, and then. The next thing was get on the national stage. So mentally, I wasn't there at nationals. It was just like another thing on my to-do list for that week. Um, and having done a national show after that, you definitely need you need to be focused on your competition and there mentally as well as physically. <laughs> so uh, after doing um, the junior nat. I felt a little bit lost in the national arena. Um, it wasn't so, it wasn't super fun for me. Um, junior Nats wasn't super fun because I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a lot of like guidance and like how a national show is ran. Um, and this is what you need to do. Um, it just, it just wasn't, uh, it just wasn't too fun. So when I set out to, do another national show I knew that I needed to bring in a coach that could navigate that national arena a little bit better sure so sure. Yeah. so that's when I um, reached out to I actually had a lot of different coaches um, on my radar and finally went to team boss bodies um, with Casey Marshall um, and decided to do Miami, but at first I had to nationally qualify. And so can you tell us about that competition? Yeah, so um, I actually, I started with Casey, or Team Boss Bodies, in June 2018. It actually was July 4th, 2018 is when I signed up with Team Boss Bodies, and I had no intention of competing in 2018 at all. I vowed if I stepped on stage again, it was going to be, I was going to blow people away. I would, there was, I have to be undeniable when I step on stage. And that's what a vow that I made with myself. And so once I signed up with Team Boss Bodies, I was like, I'm going to compete 2019, you know, hit the national stage really hard um, and just be undeniable. I want that pro card and I was going to get it in 2019. I signed up with Boss Bodies. Um, we, we started diving um, down a little bit um, because I had gained some weight in between shows. And I did want to um, diet down get my and then get control of my metabolism. So I wanted to diet down, do a proper reverse, so that way I'd have a strong 2019 season. Um, so, But when I started dieting down, Casey um, was like, I think you're ready. I think you need to get on stage. Um, and so I was like, okay, let's do it. And so I competed at Pink Fest April, to, or April, October 2018. And I took overall novice, overall open, and like first in my class, obviously. That's awesome. So I was yeah, so I was nationally qualified. Um, and then going into that show, 
you know, Casey did say, you know, I think you're ready for nationals. And I was like, I'm not even qualified. Like, I can't even talk about nationals. Let's just see. You know, I'd been so devastated in the past um, by getting on stage with something that was less than my best. I never wanted to have that feeling again. Um, So, you know, when she was like, let's, we're ready for nationals. I'm like, we have to get nationally qualified. I don't even want to think about nationals. And so once I took the overall open, overall novice for this um, NPC show, then I was like, okay, okay, let's do nationals. And so then we went to Miami. Yeah. And (laughs) so tell us about um, all the feels about that show and how that was different. Miami? Yeah. Okay. So once I came off, um, the Pink Fest in in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, um, and I was qualified nationally. I started getting ready for Miami, and I was pretty um, low. Um, I was already stage lean. Uh, I was just reversing. I actually reversed into Miami. Um, so actually, I hit Pink Fest at 126, and then I reverse dieted, so increasing my calories into Miami, and I hit the national stage at 119 pounds for peak week, which was super lean yeah. for me. Yeah, and I but I was eating far more calories than I was at Pink Fest, and I just can't. That's all, Casey. I honestly cannot believe. Like that doesn't even seem right that you were eating more calories and you weighed less. Um, but that is the magic of Casey Marshall. <laughs> so, so I started um, prepping for nationals and we were reversing and reversing is the hardest thing. I would say reversing is by far the hardest thing about bodybuilding. You just take so much discipline to, you know, your metabolism is going crazy after, you know, your post-show refeeds and, you know, your metabolism is burning and you're not eating, you know, like all the food that you're, you know, that your metabolism is ready to burn. So you're just, you know, losing, still losing weight, increasing calories. It's definitely difficult. So, but once I um, signed up for nationals, I was introduced. So once you sign up for nationals, um, the team puts you on, you know, forums, um, emails of all the girls that are going to be competing at that same national show. And you start, you know, talking to the girls and you make friends. Um, And so I was honored to meet some of my teammates and um, definitely lifelong friends now um, through her, through that form with boss bodies. Um, so prepping for nationals was so much fun. I mean, the reverse, like the reverse sighting in, it was cool because my calories were increasing, but having that community, it was really the first time I really had that sense of community in the bodybuilding industry. Um, once I signed up for the Miami, the NPC championship. And so throughout these, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So that was that was a, the biggest difference in prepping for the Miami Miami Nationals or NPC um, Championships um, in Miami is because I had a team that I was prepping with and I was communicating with these teammates every single day, mostly about what we were going to have after these <laughs> so brownies, but um, it made it a lot more fun. Awesome. So what I was going to ask you are after hearing, we'll get to the story about your pro card here in a second, but just after so many different things that have, that you've experienced over the years in bodybuilding, um, what would you say is something that you've learned about yourself and how has that shaped you as a person? That you can do it. I, I remember like even this morning I woke up and I was so tired and I was like, there's no way I can get through this workout. I cannot get through this workout. And I, I would, I was probably almost in tears. Like there was no way I could do it. I'm so tired. Um, and yet I did it. It's you put one foot in front of the other every single day. And as long as you're, you keep moving, you can do it. And that just, being so like physically 
you know, drained. You demand so much of your body when you're bodybuilding. And there's going to be days in you, that you don't think that you can, but you can. And, and it's just, you put one day at a time, one moment at a time, one hour at a time. You know, you don't think you can wait, you know, two hours till your next meal. Or you don't think that you can get through your cardio, but you can. And that just overwhelmingly has propelled me into all aspects and like other aspects of my life of, you know, I don't think that I can work all these hours, but you can't, you know, it's just, um, I think that's like one thing that, you know, I really credit bodybuilding for is that mental toughness, um, and overcoming those mental barriers and propelling you in other aspects of your life. Yeah. And I think you had mentioned, um, before how you're just in that raw human state of just being and just eating only the foods that your body actually needs. I don't think everybody who, you know, not everybody gets the sport, um, when it comes down to those things. And, um, you know, I, I mean, people that will ask you like, Oh, I need to do your workouts or whatever, but it's like, they don't understand. Like you can do, (laughs) you can do these workouts and you're not going to look like this. It's what you're putting into your mouth and like actually learning that your body, um, you know, it doesn't need that many calories (laughs) more so than what the people actually think. And so I don't know if you care to elaborate on that thought or, um, comment, but yeah, I mean, bodybuilding really, I mean, like you said, it puts you at this raw human state where you're only taking in what you need, but you're also demanding so much of it. You're demanding so much of your body. And so there's this point where you're mentally, like, breaking down. You're like, I cannot do this. Like, I can't physically. I don't know if I can. Um, but, again, it's just, you know, yes, you just need to be your best self for one second and put that foot in front of the other for one more second, one more step. And then that one step is going to lead to one more minute on the treadmill. And that one minute is going to lead to, you know, 30 more minutes on that treadmill. And finally, you're going to be, you're going to be done with cardio. And once you get done, you know, once you like have these goals, whether it's daily goals or, you know, these sipping on stage for the first time, once you accomplish that one goal, it really does propel you in other aspects of your life. So um, you you get broken down mentally. It definitely breaks you down. And that's funny that you said you also had done half marathons because I often say if you're you're a runner, if you can run long distance like a half marathon, then you can do bodybuilding because that mental toughness that it takes that you reach a point where you're like, I can't go another step. Mm-hmm. but you break through that wall and you're like, I have to keep going. The race is not over and you keep on going. That same mental toughness is what you need in bodybuilding. Cause there's going to be a time when nobody cares if you add a little bit more, you know, sugar-free ketchup to your meal, or you add a little bit more broccoli to your meal, or you don't, you skip out on your cardio. Like nobody's there for you. Like every step of the way going right. to be like, you know, oh, no, no more ketchup or, you know, actually you need to do one more set or, you know, that set was crap. You have to keep, you know, do another set. You have to be disciplined enough to do everything perfectly all the time and push through everything. And when you don't think that you can, you can, and you have to keep pushing, just digging deeper. And And then you realize, you know, at the end, after you accomplish your goal, you know, how powerful you are and how much in control of things that you are, you know, like if you want um, a promotion at a job um, and you don't think that you can um, get that promotion, but you keep working, keep showing up and you just that same discipline that you use in the gym, you use in your career um, and you're accomplishing your physical goals. Well, while you're accomplishing your physical goals, you're also going to be accomplishing these other goals because it's going to bleed into your life, your day-to-day life, and your performance at your job. You know, your your um, compassion as a friend, as a wife, as a mother. Um, I just think fitness metaphorically um, is is amazing to use in your life. 
Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think we're a little bit of kindred spirits because I used to do tons and tons of abs just growing up. And I always did it because I thought that that was going to give me abs. But then I realized <laughs> once I found bodybuilding, it's actually like what you eat. Um, yeah. And then I found I them. Just... Then I was like, oh, this is what I've been working on for a while. Yeah. That was hidden under there. Um, but anyway, um, so not to go too far into this and you can share what you want, but, um, if you can talk to us about, um, anything in regards to the Miami show, um, after experiencing that pro card win, just kind of what your mental state was for that show, any kind of feedback that you got, um, and I, I don't think I asked you what your feedback was after Junior Nats or if you even got some, but did you have an opportunity to talk with the judges after winning your pro card? Um, so I didn't. I actually interviewed Sandy and asked her for um, feedback. And it was, you know, bigger bigger shoulders, which, you know, I heard when I was on the first NANBF stage. And then actually when I uh, got off the, second, the first NPC stage, I was actually told not to grow. Um, so that was weird. And then after I got my pro card, they're like, okay, you need to, if you're going to sip on that pro stage, you're going to need to be bigger everywhere. Um, so, you know, bigger, sh- bigger shoulders, bigger glutes. Um, she did say that she loved my conditioning. Um, so I'm looking to bring that same sort of level of conditioning to the pro stage. Um, so that was my feedback with in Miami. Okay. And so what um, what have you learned along the way that is um, kind of unique to you that helps you um, either come in for a show or um, if there's a certain technique that works best for your physique? Um, you had mentioned cardio and treadmill, so I didn't know if there were like special things that, that you implement um, to help you bring your best. So I always say I work very, very hard. And um, I think that has been always, if you're like my friend, if you know me day to day, you know that I work very hard. And I always say, you know, if I'm in the gym and I'm lifting, I, there could be uh, like tornado sirens going off. And actually there has been, and I won't even real, I won't, it won't even phase me. Like I won't even realize that there's tornado sirens going off because I'm just that focused inside the gym. And I think that has really propelled me into being into the position that I am in because I take so much pride in that focus and that tunnel vision. And I train very, very hard. So I think that has put me in the position that I'm in is I take training very, very seriously. Um, And then something new going to this pro stage after sitting on the NPC stage, I asked for feedback, um, and I did get it initially, but um, I did. I emailed all the judges, and a lot of the judges um, didn't email me back or didn't respond. And I remember one question I had for them is, are my legs too big to be successful in this sport? I do have naturally large legs, and I didn't. I was kind of. Um, at a loss like I didn't know what I could do for to bring my legs down without starving myself and that's not something that you know I had ever done or was ever intending to do and I just seriously asked the judges like truthfully are my legs too big to be successful you know as a professional athlete in this sport and you know I think that's a tough question to ask a stranger and for a stranger to, you know, speak honestly on. Um, so I never got a response um, in that regard from the judges. And um, once I started with Team Boss Bodies and Casey, you know, she did acknowledge, like, we need to bring your legs down. So something we did um, for me is I walk a lot and I just increased my overall walking. And that, that, has really transformed my physique like crazy, which um, is not something that I'm like super, you know, like it's just walking. Um, And I enjoy, I enjoy walking. You find stuff to do. I watch a lot of food network and walk on treadmill. (laughs) That's my favorite. That's my favorite thing. 
Um, but adding the walking in has brought my legs down a lot and uh, it's something unique that I've done that helped me get to that professional level. And it's definitely just like a life skill. I mean, I've been utilizing that as well, just focusing on a competitor's steps and just their non-exercise activity, not doing anything crazy, like crazy hit training or anything like that, but just walking. Um, Do you know how many steps you get on average a day? And does it differ if you're leaning out for a show? (laughs) It absolutely does. So right now I'm doing a little bit more than um, just walking. I do have some hit in there now. Um, Traditionally, I do just walk. I don't monitor my steps at all. But if I didn't, I know in the off season, we were trying to get to no cardio at all. But I was like, we have to have walking in here. Like, I can't be without the walking. Like, I need to walk. Because I do sit at night, like I work a nine to five. Like I'm your, you know, average American working a nine to five, sitting at a desk all day long. Um, and I was studying for my CPT, my uh, personal training certification, and I've just been reading how bad sitting for you really is. And if I didn't walk on a treadmill, if I didn't have that, if I didn't have a show to get ready for, and I was just like an average, you know, American that didn't go to a gym and sat at a desk all day, I would be lucky if I got 5,000 steps in, even 3,000 steps in a day, because I'm literally so sedentary, you know, at my desk. So I do um, walk a lot. I don't monitor my steps, but. Yeah, they actually say it's, um, it's, uh, it takes years off your life, just like cigarettes or um, I bet. Yeah, I bet. being sedentary, sedentary is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, it used to drive me crazy when I first. Risk. Yeah, when I first started working, I would you know beg my boss like I need, I cannot sit at this desk for eight hours. Like you are crazy. I have to get up and walk. And then over time, I've been working at the same you know company since 2014, and over time, I'm you know like strategizing how not to get up from my desk. Um, so now, and it's easy to get in that, it's easy to get in that rut of, I don't want to, like, I'm so tired. I don't want to get up or, you know, you do have a lot of work that you have to sit at a desk all day for, and it's answering, you know, hundreds of emails a day. Um, so you have a lot of work, you have a lot of reasons not to get up. Um, but you do, I do find that I am happiest, you know, when I do have that movement in my life. Do you do you walks in both morning and evening and training? When's your training? Uh, I do train in the morning. So I love okay. to train. Before. I love like waking up, hitting the ground running. So, you awesome. know, I knock out my training early in the morning and then I go to work. Um, and I will, if I'm getting to the nitty gritty before a show, um, I will bring in that, you know, tr- additional walking in the evening. But I try to... Um, give my evenings to my husband and, you know, be available uh, there for him. Yeah. Really good harmony in the, in the life there. And then that way nothing gets in the way when you do it first thing when everybody's asleep. (laughs) Um, So as far as your um, words of wisdom, I mean, we can, we can start with just any type of person that is, thinking about, I mean, this podcast is the prep life. So, um, anyone that's thinking about doing a competition, um, are some of our listeners. And then some of them are just seasoned competitors that are looking to have aspirations of becoming a bikini pro. And I was just wondering if we could, um, kind of end with your closing thoughts on, um, advice that you have for our listeners. Yeah. So, I, as soon as I got off the pro stage, I started thinking like my, what my pro tip is. Um, and immediately I already knew it was going to be trained like a pro. Um, how do you think, how do you envision an Olympian training? That's how you should be training. That is the level of intensity you should be training at. Um, what do you think an, a professional athlete is? Like you are now a professional athlete. How should you you should carry yourself as a professional athlete? How does a professional athlete train? You should train like that. Um, just the dedication, the discipline, um, that is my biggest pro tip. Um, and then for newbies and even seasoned competitors, just because prep starts 
starts doesn't mean your life stops. Your life still has to be, you know, you're going while you're prepping. It's not your life stops and then prep starts. It's a beautiful mixture of of the both. And that's something that boss bodies that Casey really, you know, preaches is to have that. um, Harmony. Yeah. Like it's not prep in life. It's life and prep together and you can do it. Yes, our actually our last episode that um, profe- uh, IFBB professional Chris Nicole and I did last week was about sharpening the saw and how you have to have the four domains of your life in harmony and that prep should be a highlight and it should enhance your life, but that you need to, you know, um, focus on your your body, your mind your spirit, um, just every yeah. facet, your family, your friends, um, your, you know, knowledge that you gain and your career. Um, and there's always going to be a point where the scale tips a little bit. Um, like we had talked about, you know, if you're leaning down for a show, yeah, you're going to be focusing a little bit more on your career, but you don't want to let go of that multi-dimensional um, right. person that makes you who you are. Um, and so, yeah, it's almost like a stealth prep. Yeah, people shouldn't even really know if you're living the prep life. Um, yes. Because, like you said, you know, it, you're a professional athlete and this is what you do. Um, but it shouldn't be enough so that it's life altering, but life enhancing. So, um, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we are totally on the same page. Um, I appreciate you so much, Regina. Thank you so much for coming on today. And I know you are so busy. Um, so I appreciate your time greatly. And, um, I know that you've got some things in the works for this year and your pro debut. And I'm going to I'm just going to leave it at that it's TBA. So you'll have to follow <laughs> Regina on Instagram and kind of hear what what's going on with that. Um, so I'll, I'll leave that cliffhanger there. But in the meantime, can you tell our listeners how they can find you? You can find me on Instagram at Regina Marie. And that's R-E-G-E-N-A-M-A-R-I-E. Um, and I am also on Facebook. I'm not as active on um, Facebook at Regina Harrison. So awesome. Just, uh, thanks so much, Amy. I, I loved all your questions and uh, getting into being a pro and being an, what it means to be an athlete. Yeah. It was just, I, I know our listeners had so many great nuggets that they can find, and I'm sure they're going to want to listen to this several times again. So remember you can find us on iTunes. And um, if you want to DM us, we are found on Instagram at prep life podcast. Um, this episode will actually go out tomorrow as our normal Tuesday. Um, so be sure to hit the subscribe button. Um, if you're not, if you're not an iPhone user, you can find us on Podbean and chat, uh, various different, um, platforms for podcasts. So, um, as always, we appreciate, um, you and we hope that you have a great day. Thanks for listening guys.